Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And I am beyond elated and honored to have this week's guest, the two-time JBA winning editor for LA Taco, an associate producer to the series Taco Chronicles on Netflix, author and former scout to the American food critic, Jonathan Gold, Javier Cabral. Thank you so much for taking a bit of your time. Like I know you are just insanely busy. So this means the world to me and to the Shack listeners. So thank you. And I do want to say like, you have like such an impressive resume and we honestly can fill up hours with your, your accomplishments, but I reached out and invited you onto the shack because I wanted to talk about your punk roots. So before we talk about the punk that you are today, how did you find the punk scene? Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, like I said, I don't, I don't really get to, to talk about my, uh, my punk stuff, uh, my punk origins, my punk, uh, you know, uh, influences much in my professional career. So, um, thanks so much for, for having me and just letting me uh, geek out on, on fast music. Um, but to answer your question, um, so my first memory or how I got into punk, uh, it's, it's, it was through new metal. It was through, it was through, uh, you know, I, I found my, my brother, my, my brother-in-law had took me to, uh, this, this concert called the summer sanitarium, which if you're old school LA, you probably remember that was like the first, like one of the big uh, concerts in the, I think it was 2002 with Metallica corn, system of a down power Man 5,000 and, uh, and kid rock. Um, yep. this is, and, uh, and this is at the LA Coliseum. So that was my first introduction to, to, to fast music. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then I would wear my, uh, and then I also went to Ozfest. It was through all like those like, early 2000s, kind of like uh, new metal MTV friendly, like heavy music. You have, you have issues. So, you know, heavy, dark music kind of sends out to you. And then I was in middle school in, in Hollenbeck and Boyle Heights. And um, you know, I was wearing my, my, my Ozfest t-shirt that had like a, like a, like a demon, like flipping you off, like underneath my, my white collar polo, uh, my uniform, you know, I was all badass. <laughs> and then, um, and then someone gave me a flyer for my first ever punk show. Um, this is again, like in the early 2000s. So it was for the Boyle Heights hardcore scene, uh, which, uh, is the same scene that gave, uh, arguably the only band that made it out of backyards in LA, which is, uh, um, Union 13. So it was, it was that moment that I was like, I went to my first backyard show. I thought it was a hard going to like Ozfest and some, and like going to go see metal. And then I got my t-shirt ripped in the pit there. And I was like, what the hell, what is this? And I was a little pissed in the beginning, but then, you know, you, then you kind of get hooked. Um, so that wasn't around old, I would say maybe, I don't even know. I mean, 2002 or three. So yeah, it was, it was that long. What was the appeal? Like it's, there's like definitely the sense of like raw, just rage and just like this energy. Like I know for me, when I was introduced to punk, like I was in middle school, high school, and like I had, I was like a very angsty teen. So it's like when I first came across the scene and I was like, oh my God, there's a bunch of other angry kids. Like I want in. So, I mean, like, what was the appeal for you? Uh, I think, I think when you're, you know, when you're yet, when you're that young and you're still developing mentally and physically, um, yeah, like you said, you have a lot of, you know, issues and, you know, and anxiety and, you know, teenage depression and all those things. Um, but you don't really, you don't really know, right. When you're living it at that moment, right. At that moment, you just, uh, you know, you, you have all this angst and all these feelings and all these issues. Um, so I think it was all that, that, you know, that, and my, my stuff was a little more, I think heavy just because, you know, I also have a lot of, of dysfunctional family issues. I had actually moved, uh, from East LA 
to, uh, from the Sangro Valley um, because my family had lost our home and we were living like behind my dad's furniture store. So it was kind of like a, a, an escape, you know, it was, uh, you know, I also grew up um, in front of Salazar Park, East LA, um, off of Whittier Boulevard and, and uh, Dittman, which is arguably at that time uh, was really, really dangerous. I mean, there was a lot of drive-bys. There was a lot of, I mean, my house was in a drive-by window. I mean, my house was shot in a drive-by and my windows, uh, and all the windows in my in my dad's furniture store was uh, broken. So, um, you know, all these kind of dark things that you kind of just normalize, right? You kind of just yeah. like, uh, you know, it, it, that's kind of like the thing about growing up in a, in a Latino family. You just, you know, it's a, a lot of the times if you have immigrant parents who didn't really study or go to school, um, or in my case, don't even speak English, um, you know, they're a little older too. They don't really know how to how to like, you know, break things down or handle um, or, or, or take care of their, of their kids uh, when it comes to mental health. So I think going up to fast punk, um, you know, uh, like really violent, aggressive uh, music and shows just kind of provided like that kind of uh, uh, that reprieve from, from all that. Right. And you, cause you like growing up in these things, you normalize it. Um, and then you go to these shows and Again, if you didn't grow up a cholo, if you didn't grow up hood, you know, um, you grow up into other scenes. So I just grew up into other scenes. No, definitely. And I mean, I couldn't relate more when you said it's like we do kind of normalize certain occurrences in our hood. Like I grew up in Southeast LA. Like for me, it's Linwood and like Compton, Southgate, like HP, like those were my stomping grounds. And there's a lot that happened that you just kind of normalize, but you feel that anger and you're just like, you know, it's not okay, but you don't really know how to verbalize it. So like punk really definitely gives you the narrative or like the framework to kind of be like, oh, you know what? Now I understand the angst and the anger. Um, yeah. and, and at the same time, again, you don't, you know, yeah, when you're living in that moment, you don't really, like, you're not like, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I grew up in the fucked up, in a fucked up household. Like I'm going to go listen to punk, you know? But then when you start, like, when you start hanging out with like, you're, you know, start making friends in the scene and you start to get to know them a little more, you get to realize that like, oh shit, you also grew up in a kind of fucked up, you know, dysfunctional family. What's up? Like, that's why, that's why we understand each other again. But like, you no, know, there's no, there's no context. And when you're living through the moment in this scene, you know, you're just, uh, you just kind of, you know, jive with other people and, you know, hang out and drink. And, and then, uh, and then it's not, it's, if you're so lucky enough to have those people in your life, when you get older, that's when you're like, fuck, you know, like, so you were living through that shit and I was living through my shit and we found each other in the scene. Cool.
No, you definitely like develop this like family of misfits and it's great. And unfortunately, like how you said, it's like sometimes people don't make it out of the scene for one reason mm -hmm. or another. Um, so definitely holding on to those people that like actually made it out and like holding them yeah. here. I still get, I still, I'm sure, I don't know about you, but I still get those, those DMs from like my friends who are like, still to this day on like a random Wednesday, they'll, they'll like message you like, like WYD, like what you doing? Like, AKA like, <laughs> like, let's go fucking drink. And I'm like, dude, it's fucking Wednesday. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Punk retired, <laughs> but um, yeah. it's funny. Like you also play guitar and you actually pay, play pay, play for a punk band. But before we stop, start talking about this punk band, like how did you pick up guitar? Uh, so guitar, you know, like a lot of other, you know, kids um, at, at Holland Middle School, but I had started a guitar class in sixth grade. So I enrolled in that um, and I took two years of that. So that was kind of like, you know, the acoustic, more, you know, Mexican style, like nylon string guitar. Yeah. And then kind of picked that up for a little bit. I, I had a punk band in, in high school that played a couple of shows and we were kind of backyard famous for a little bit called Bad Influence. That was more like a, like that traditional, just street punk. Um, a lot of shouting, a lot of oi, like UK oi influenced. And uh, and then, you know, whatever, you know, the band broke up. Um, and then I kind of just didn't pick up the guitar at all um, up until like uh, maybe three years ago. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, there comes a point uh, when you, when listening to fast music doesn't cut it anymore, when you just need to, to do something else. So that's that I found myself having that kind of that same feeling or like, you know, you can only listen and sing along so much. Like what happens if you play guitar again and just, you know, and it's incredibly hard though. That's for damn sure. Cause as, as busy as the older you get, the, the, the more, you know, I, I listen to this other podcast. I mean, sometimes it's, it's not really relatable, a lot of the content, but it's called, uh, Killed by Desk. I don't, I don't know if you heard about it. No, I haven't. Uh, what are you missing out on? So, I mean, it's it's a couple of East Coast, like, hardcore white dudes who are, like, uh, who interview, like, you know, like, uh, punks um, and their day jobs and, like, what they do to get by. Um, it sounds like a good idea on premise, but I think, like, because we grew up in, like, the East LA and the, the marginalized backyard scene so much, like, you know, one one thing that I think every punk who, who grew up in backyards and Latino um, or Mexican-American or however you identify, you, you eventually come to the conclusion that a lot of the punk that we listen to is very white, right? It's like very like white angst. It's very like, uh, very. so, so anyways, these guys, they do a good job. Um, but like, I only listen to the episodes that are, are relevant to me. So they've interviewed like Alice Bag and her husband, um, who retired in Mexico city. Um, but anyways, they have, the reason why I bring them up, I bring them up is because they have a good, uh, in their intro, that was a pretty catchy intro. Um, and it was, and I hate my fucking job. Whoa. And then, and then, and then the, the intro is like, yeah, we interview punks who, uh, who uh, who actively uh, don't who, who actively choose to lose money and and prag and play in, an instrument um, instead of like you know making real money. So I yeah I, I I didn't understand that until now. I, I play guitar again. I'm like damn I, I'm on behind on deadline. I can either work on a deadline, get back to emails that are kind of urgent, or I can just say fuck it all, close my computer and just like play guitar for a little bit. So it really is that as you get older, it's kind of fucked up. But that's like the capitalist the, the capitalist world that we're living in, you know. Yeah, no, unfortunately, that really hit home because I was just talking about my day job with a friend where I'm like, man, like, I don't want to be here. Like, I hate it here. Um, but then it pays bills. So it's like, all right, I can't complain too much. You know, what? Uh, and let me tell you, and the grass is always greener. Like, trust me, like even Mia, who, you know, I have like a dream job and it's still, you know, it's still work. You know, it's still a lot of, it's still, it's still, a, it's still work. So even if you have like your dream job, it's still like a sense of like, it's still fucking work, you know, so. Yeah. I think that's why you know we should always strive to have as best as we can a, a leisure um, to to work balance for sure. True, very true. So with your current band, you guys are called the Fulanos, <laughs> and 
in your bio, and I, I really liked the way that you guys described yourselves, and, I ha- and I'm going to quote, it goes, Tacuache Core, Punk Ramonero de los Barrios de Los Angeles, and Three Pochos playing three chord songs in Espanol. How did you guys come together? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, there's, so, I don't know. So I think that, you know, when you're a punk lifer, you know, you eventually, you eventually, uh, like you, you, you realize that you're not going to ever stop listening to punk, right? All, all you do is just diversify. You diversify the subgenres of punk, right? That, that you, uh, that, that you listen to. And, um, somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, maybe I would say maybe five years ago, uh, I started, uh, I came up on this style of punk called, um, I, I thought it was really cute sounding and interesting. It was called bubblegum punk. And I was like, what the hell is bubblegum punk? And there was this dude on YouTube named Teen Idol and he would upload uh, like straight up like a like what I didn't know then but you know like like a Ramones core three chord punk um, and he, he had a uh, yeah he, he's like uh, arguably like the biggest archivist of like uh, of like a three chord punk from around the world so you know we were talking about stuff that sounds like a lot of you know that sounds like the Ramones but of course like different reiterations and in their case um, he I mean he, he literally has his name's uh, Albert Adame and he literally has playlist of like Japan, of Japanese pop punk, uh, uh, I mean, Japanese three chord punk, Italian three chord punk, um, Spanish, like, like from Spain. So that's when I realized like, oh shit, like this is like, this is, and I think when you, as you grow, um, you start to realize that like, yeah, you, you love fast music, you love, you, I still love grindcore, I still love like really brutal hardcore stuff, but you know, every day kind of like punk in the morning, you know, I listen to, to, I found myself listening to this three chord punk stuff. And then I found, um, uh, this podcast named Teenage Bonehead uh, called uh, called the Teenage Bonehead, and then I found out that those two dudes were brothers, and then I found out that those two dudes were like you know Mexican Americans from the who grew up in the Valley in LA, and I just like straight up like fanboyed and I messaged them. I think I emailed them, hey dude, like your your music has really helped me like like get through some tough times, you know, just you know maturing and and I and I really and I really because it's he, it's kind of like doo wop but with but with punk style, it's really interesting, right? I mean, I don't know if you, if you listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's like some of the bands I, I, I think I included in the, in the playlist, but so I straight up hit him up and then we hung out. I invited him to my birthday, I invited him to my birthday party. Noe Adame is a guy, is a guy from Teenage Bonehead and he turned out to be this like local three chord punk legend who like threw a bunch of shows before in the nineties and and we hit it off. So I just like, we just kind of jammed out one day uh, and then I called up my other homie, uh, Hungry Ass Jesse from the, the hardcore San Gabriel Valley band called Hungry Ass Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually is a professional musician, so he plays in like a dozen bands and actually gets paid. So I don't know why both those guys like give me the time of day because I, I fucking suck and I don't, you know, I don't really, you know, I, I, I wish I had more time to practice. But, you know, but anyways, yeah, all three of us just play every once in a while and I, I'm really excited. We don't get to practice as, as much as we can because we're all so damn busy. But yeah. um, we hope to be able to play some shows this summer. I think right now I'm at five or six original songs. So. Yeah. I will yeah. say to the listeners, I will be adding uh, the link to Lanos <laughs> to the bio of this episode. So if whoever's listening wants to check them out, they're right there. No excuses. I mean, I'll, de- I'll definitely be checking out a couple of shows in the future. Oh, thank you. So, I mean, ho- hopefully we don't, we don't thank it too much, <laughs> but, <laughs> but even though, you know, that's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, man, we're just about having fun, you know, having fun. And if you get, if you get to record a, like, you know, some of my favorite songs that I've written, um, and I'm, I'm happy that's all you know i don't want to be a career musician you know i just want to do it as a as a hobby and just see if i can um stay young and keep it you know and always remember our roots no definitely um and then kind of bouncing off of that as far as like keeping in touch with your roots i wanted to know like how much of your punk roots is intertwined with la taco 
a lot. I mean, I'm really lucky to be in a position with LA Taco because they trust me to do whatever I want. Um, they trust my vision for stories. If you look at um, the stories that I've published since I've started, in the, uh, I mean, since I worked here in the last few years, you'll see a fair amount of like punk profiles. Um, like we, we, like we just did a, like right now, actually, I, I'm about to, big, to publish a big profile on uh, the singer and drummer of, uh, of uh, Generacion Suicida. Because they're opening up, they're opening up a record, a record shop um, in, in Londale, I think. So you know, as much as I can, and as much as I can justify it to be like you know, uh, news relevant for our for like tacos demographic, I always, I always pay it forward and you know, try to give a little bit of love, especially when you're as good as those as that band. Have you, you've heard of them, right? Yeah. I think yeah. There's a song in the in the playlist, right? And uh, and I just love like seeing like uh, you know, just uh, homegrown like people born and raised in LA. Um, who, are, who are sons and daughters of immigrants, and you know, staking a claim and, and, and of our little of our little city, that you know, so much, so much, uh, so much, so much people with outside influence and a lot, a lot more money, um, you know, have suddenly uh, really been interested in buying stuff here. So whenever I see like someone like that, that grew up in our scene and our, you know, that that look like us, that that know like the struggle, and then they still are successful, um, I think that's a story that people need to know. Whether you're, you know, whether you like punk or not, you know. Yeah, no, that's something I definitely appreciate. It's very boots to the ground. It's, sorry, just boots. I thought of punk boots. Um, <laughs> oh, so, so the stinky combat boots with like steel toe? Oh, you already know, dude. That's like barely held together after so many pits. But yeah, no, that's what I definitely appreciate. And that's something else I'll be adding into the link of this bio. So for the listeners, like definitely check out LA Taco. Like it's, there's stories that, that are highlighted that you normally wouldn't see in main, like in, I don't want to say mainstream media because I think you guys are pretty much there, like as far as mainstream. <laughs> I know I, I trip out on that to be honest, because you know I, I think like there's a big narrative, like you know, like oh, like don't believe what the media says or don't believe what the media tells, you, especially in punk. But then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm media, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's not, it's not, it's not so much us versus them. But like I said, I think it, you know I, I'm lucky that with the Le Taco, they trust me, they trust my vision, they just let me publish whatever that you know, whatever I think is relevant to for that that the rest of the city of the city should know and our readers. So um yeah, but right now we're on the cusp right now. Like we started off as a in twenty in two thousand six as a site that that uh, wrote about cannabis before it was legal, tacos before there was a taco emoji or taco show on Netflix. Um so before tacos were cool and graffiti. So, you know, it, it's always celebrated the underbelly of LA and like, you know, the subcultures of LA. So now uh, when LA Weekly was bought out by Trump supporters. Uh, that was when we kind of flipped LA Taco and, and just went on a more news first narrative and are publishing some pretty fucking crazy stuff. Uh, like today we did a story on like uh, LA restaurants that are opening up in Saudi Arabia, um, which, uh, you know, if you don't know, Saudi Arabia is a place where if you're homo, if you're homosexual, you, you, I mean, if you're, if you are gay or if you're, if you are queer, you will get uh, beheaded. So it's kind of like a, a, a crazy ass story that, uh, that our investigative reporter, Alexis, uh, published so oh that's fantastic and that's something i definitely do appreciate it's like like you mentioned it's like very homegrown like you guys focus on stories that others often overlook Mm -hmm. so that's something i definitely do appreciate so again to the listeners check it out support local journalism it is vital to the community really
So I do want to ask, and this is just a question that I ask across the board to everyone, is if you had to form a class, what book, album, and film would be a part of your class curriculum? Oh, man, I did not read your questions beforehand, as you can tell, um, <laughs> on, on, on purpose, um, because I, I like to keep it I like to keep it wild. Um, All right. Okay, so let's, let's do this step by step. So I would assign everyone to, to subscribe and listen to the Teenage Bonehead podcast. Um, so that's like all, all, so instead of an album, I'll give that. Okay. Uh, for a book, I would say to read Violence Girl by Alice Bag. Um, that's her, 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 like, it's like kind of a memoir uh, written through, through accounts of her life. And then what was the final one? And uh, so film. Film, oh man. I would say, you know what? What's up, Rockers? Just, be, uh, just because, uh, you know, that was, that that movie recorded, you know, that, there's a lot of bands that come and go in the backyard scene in LA. And, you know, a lot of a lot of them never get to record their music and they kind of just disappear, unfortunately. So I'm really grateful for opportunities like What's Up Rockers, uh, even though, you know, if you wanted to get really critically about, really critical about it, I understand it's about stereotypes. I understand it's a little racist. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it gave opportunity to a couple of backyard bands to record their music in a, in a, in a, in a quality setting. So uh, I love that song uh, by South Central Riot Squad uh, called uh, um, Drunk. Uh, what, is it? what is it? Right? No, what's it called? Damn it. You know what I'm talking about, right? No, I don't think I do. Do you know, have you seen the movie What's Up Rockers? No, I haven't, unfortunately. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm yeah. kind of like making a mental list. I'm like, I need to watch this later. Yeah, watch What's Up Rockers. Um, and then there's that band, South Central Riot Squad. They're one of the first bands out of South Central uh, in like the 2000s that uh, kind of sang street punk. And then they have a song where they roll call. They'll, they literally go like, uh, the, the, the lyrics is like a roll call of all the backyards of LA. Like they'll go like South Central Riot Squad, I know, drunk punks. And then they'll go LA, back East LA, drunk punks. And they'll go Wilmington, drunk punks. So that kind of, it's like a roll call for all the backyards of LA, and which is like really, really cool if you think about that. Um, yeah. Again, because this is back in the day before there was social media, when it was still old school flyers. Um, so. Do you still have any of those like old school flyers by any chance? I do, yeah, I do. Uh, not as much as I wish I did, but um, I do a little, a little, they used to be on the back, on the back of my, like on the wall, but I haven't really, uh, um, I just moved home. So I haven't, uh, I don't have a, uh, I still haven't put them up, but. But yeah, I know that there's a, there's a lot of good people out there who collect those old school flyers and have much better collections. Um, but who would have thought that those things were, were collector's items nowadays? Right? Like I would just, I don't know where I would toss mine, like in a drawer somewhere and it would just get ripped up and it's like, eh, like whatever, I went to the show, that's all that matters. And now I look back <laughs> where I'm like, damn it, I should have kept it. But I mean, hindsight's 2020. I mean, my final question to you is, what advice do you have for young punks? What advice do I have for young punks? I think uh, I would tr I would try to urge people to yes have a good time, but also realize that life isn't really um, like it's not really like live fast that young. <laughs> um, so it's like once once you start to get older, you start to realize like uh, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Um, you know, and, and and listening to punk really does give you an advantage over a lot of other uh, normies because they because you you just grow up a lot more aware and you grow up a lot more uh, connected to both political uh, local um, and sometimes even uh, you know international uh, struggles because of like a lot of the bands that we end up listening to are, are from around the world mm -hmm. so um, 
yeah, just, you know, have fun, but, but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, but don't have too much fun because you have, you have the rest of your life and uh, it's all about playing the long game. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned as far as like bands being political and like just really engaging the audience. And that's something that I really do like about the punk scene or like the alternative scene. Cause I, what was like mostly prominent in like Southeast LA was ska core. So it's like La, Res oh, La Resistencia, Pobrezca, like La Banda Escalavera, like those were like the big heavy hitters from um, like my area. And I was just thinking about it today before, you know, I jumped on this interview. I was like, damn, like a lot of their songs were heavily, heavily political. And like, I didn't even realize it as a kid, but now it's like, oh damn, like I'm really grateful that that was kind of like my segue into politics to a degree. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely fantastic and like definitely enjoy the scene. So whoever's listening out there, young or old, like definitely appreciate the music and appreciate the community that comes with it. Yeah, because you know, you're, you're there. I think backyard shows in LA kind of have, uh, they go through periods now. There's like, uh, there's, you know, it used to be in 2000s and the 90s and I think 80s too sometimes um, is that there was like backyard shows every other weekend or every weekend at least. Sometimes there used to be a couple of them. Yeah. But now they're 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 you know they're few and far in between, um, and we're you know we're talking about like a lot of the factors that is affecting the rest of the city. You know, like gentrification, like the cost of housing going up. Um, yeah. You know, all these you know nimbyisms. You know, all these things get in the way of of, of throwing backyard shows now because of uh, lawsuits, liability too. I mean, I, I know that I know there's a couple of whenever you see no no glass uh, or no glass alcohol or, or, or no bottles and uh and and flyers it's probably because there's been a couple of close calls so as they say in the flyers respect the space respect the pad no snappers yeah. snappers snappers will get snapped on um but uh but yeah enjoy it no definitely so thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time i mean i don't know if you have any other final words for the listeners or anything any like wisdom to impart um, if you love writing, um, you know, write, keep writing, um, because that's a really, really, uh, that's a really valuable skill to learn and to, that you can sell as a, you know, coming from me as a firsthand, you know, I, I used to write on my journals and as my diaries. Um, and then now I'm like an editor of a publication. So if you love to write, you know, um, nurture it, invest in yourself, uh, go to school, um, but also don't go to school if you don't want to. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> talking about me, I mean, just because I dropped out, so I'm, a little, I'm always a little biased. Uh, but yeah, ju but just keep writing. And if anyone here has any other questions or wants to write for you know and get paid for it, you can always pitch me a story at editor at latalko.com. I always leave that door open because you never know. You know, you never know. Sometimes people have really, really um, incredible stories um, or are really incredibly talented, and they just need a little bit of a of a push or some guidance. Um, yeah. So. I'm here for that and I'm here to, you know, if anyone loves to write and just needs a little more guidance or has questions, if they want to be a journalist or uh, write a book or write a, you know, uh, can, you can email me at editor at latalko.com. All right. Well, I mean, so whoever's listening, go ahead, shoot the message because you never know where it might lead. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate you giving me a bit of your time. So until next thank week, you. guys. And I got to say, this is probably the most professional and concise um, interview that I've ever done. So thank you so much. Oh, holy shit, dude. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. So tune in until next week, guys. <laughs> okay. See ya.